All right, you guys, today I have my soul sister entrepreneur girlfriend, Elizabeth Knittle, with me, who is a licensed esthetician, intuitive healer, spiritual mentor, and self-care expert. She is amazing, and we are going to hear all about what it's like to be empathic, to be a healer. So tune in and check it out. You're not going to want to miss it. Hello, and welcome to Those Late Night Visitors. I'm your host, Stephanie Marie, a psychic medium and spiritual business mentor. Having been a medium since I was a child, I am wildly passionate about mediumship, spirituality, intuition, the paranormal, and everything in between. This podcast is going to blow your mind with all things psychic and witchy. And if you're not a believer yet, I promise you that will change. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's get to it. Hello, hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to another episode of Those Late Night Visitors. Today, I have the pleasure in interviewing one of my soul sisters and clients, Elizabeth Knittle, who is down in the Bible Belt doing her healing thing. So Elizabeth, why don't you introduce yourself? Thank you, Stephanie. I'm so excited to be here. I love your podcast. Since episode one, I have been such a huge fan. I'm Elizabeth Knittle. I am from South Georgia and I am an intuitive healer and spiritual mentor. I have been healing with my hands for over 16 years, although I wasn't aware of all of my gifts throughout that journey. It's been amazing to come to the place where I am today. So just so that people understand, you're saying you heal with your hands. Let's start there because I think, you know, people have a certain image of what that can look like. I know you do a little bit of Reiki, but it's more than that, that you do. Can you kind of explain your magic a little better or a little more? Absolutely. I started, I studied nutrition in college. I had actually a terrible eating disorder and I was trying to fix that. It doesn't work like that. (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) Well, fortunately, unfortunately, because it all ended up being an amazing life. Then I went to school for aesthetics because I knew that I wanted to help people and being an esthetician. I also knew I always wanted to work in a spa. So being an esthetician, which is doing facials and skincare and waxing and things like that, I really got to help start using my hands to heal skin. And the way I was taught, I went to two different schools and everything was, you know, I learned a lot in school, but you learn so much more on the job. It turned out, I really loved working with chemicals, with acids, because I found I could really heal skin and heal skin very, very quickly. Well, before that, and during that, actually during my time that I was in school, I had my first spiritual awakening. So I found out I was pregnant with my son. I had had battled bulimia for 10 years and I was sitting in my car and um, I thought it was a false pregnancy and I was so stressed, but I wasn't sure. So stressed. And I went and bought binge food and I started to eat and I was driving and this white light came into my car and went through my body, like starting at my feet and went up, felt this unconditional love and safe 
and secure. And suddenly I knew that I was here for a purpose and I was created on purpose. And that all like the 10 years of going through that eating disorder were all for a purpose. Then I audibly heard a man's voice say, Elizabeth, you don't have to live like this anymore. And so then I just felt this love in a way that I'd never felt loved. And I was very loved as a child. And then the light like went up through the top of my head and left the car along with it, all of the obsessions, compulsions, and everything that had gone along with my bulimia. That was the first part of my spiritual awakening and transformation. Sorry to interrupt you, but that's one of the more like in your face awakenings I've heard of. It's just so interesting to me that it's so like, here it is. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's why I share it. And I used to pray. I would be like, God, like hit me over the face with the sign. Ah, well, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) I think at that time, because of going through the stress of thinking I was pregnant, but not being sure, you know, I was in a very vulnerable place that opened me up to that kind of spiritual connection. I've spoken with other women that have had babies and they said that the pregnancy took them to a different level too. So I wonder if there was some connection there as well. I definitely think so. And I think I was at a point where I was ready. I was so sick of it. You know, I was over it, but like, I didn't know how to stop all because it was such an, an addiction in my mind and, um, and that compulsion that went with it, that having that kind of awakening. And I just remember driving in traffic in Atlanta and being like, did anybody else see that? Like that's the thing is, and that's one of the things I do in my business is really create, help people create modern day miracles in their lives because I have lived them. Right. And here's the thing too. Now, aside from you living these miracles and doing all of these things, you know, you're able to bring those miracles to other people. Yeah. And that's part of my purpose. You do that with your hands, but you also do that in other ways. So what are those other ways? I did that and then went through school and I worked with skin and I became very known, very reputable esthetician and was healing skin unbelievably. And I would just, I just thought it was great esthetician. I would just think, I just followed the protocol. But then when I had my second spiritual awakening, I It was during 2020 when I think so many people had huge awakenings and we were all quarantined. So being the rebel that I am was like, well, then I'm going to run a marathon. If the only reason I can be outside is to run to exercise, then I will train. And so I would be outside running for like three hours a day. Well, I started to know things about people that I didn't know. And it was constantly doing that. There was this one woman that kept coming into my head and their acquaintances of my partner. And I would ask him about this 
person's wife. And do you know his wife? Like, if you, and he would be like, do you know her, Elizabeth? And I said, no, I don't know her, but she keeps popping in my mind. I'd met her one time for like two minutes. And then I was running and I saw him and I was going to the restroom and I got into the bathroom. And again, all I could hear was go ask about his wife, go ask about his wife. Like it was screaming in my head and my whole body was shaking. So I just went outside and <laughs> ran up to him like a crazy person because I, again, like didn't know him really and was like, how's your wife? And he was like, Oh, thank you so much for asking. And it turns out that this woman had gone through a lot of cancer, double mastectomy, all these things. Like it was completely unknown. And I had known and been praying for her and had just these visions about all of it. And so after talking to him for like 40 minutes and just realizing once again, my life had completely changed. I finally went to the restroom and I was thinking like, am I going to be able to run home? Because I think I still had like five miles to go. And then it was shaking again and then starting to run and the run felt like I was flying and it was a completely different. And then hearing Elizabeth, your, and I always hear like, somebody's talking to me like it's not my inner voice and you're different you've always been different but now you know and now things will always be different and you're here to help more people heal than you could ever do one-on-one in your studio and I was just like okay well I'm allergic to technology but let's go yeah no I understand that it's definitely a learning curve in that sense for sure for sure but how powerful is that that you know you knew that this woman was so sick and you just had to something and acknowledge it and let him know that he's also supported in it too right and I mean it was just the the wildest thing because they weren't in my awareness. They weren't in my brain. They weren't in my subconscious. It wasn't like I knew that they were going through something or anything like that. It was just this knowing that she was going through something and she needed prayers. And then seeing him and having that experience of like, go, go now. And like, just not even thinking about it and going, I think that's the definition exactly of going with your gut. Immediately following that, I got Reiki attuned that week and went through the process of working on people. And what I would do is while people were masking in my aesthetic studio, I would ask them if I could work on their energy. And so I would do Reiki Um, then. And that also was when I found my spiritual teacher, my mentor that I'm still working with today. And, you know, it was funny though, because I would say, I want to know like what my gifts are exactly. And what am I supposed to do? And what is the purpose? And all, you know, I had all these questions and my guides just kept saying like to her, because at that point I had no connection with or no awareness of any connection, but they would just kept saying like, the keys are inside of you. The keys are inside of you. And I would be like, where, where are they? (laughs) And so the more Reiki that I did, the more other modalities would 
channel through because I would open myself up to be a channel and only work with the highest levels of divine healing light. Discernment was something that I learned very, very early on. I didn't learn it in any hard way. That was like a lesson from my teacher, which I'm so grateful for to know that there was a lot of that you could work with, you know, and to make the decision that I wanted to work with only the highest levels of divine healing light and consciously learning to clear and cleanse my energy field. And then I had choices in the kind of work that I was going to do. Things kept downloading. And then I, the more that I learned, the more I realized I was downloading things like we talked about sacred geometry. Mm-hmm that would come come through and really high frequencies and to transmute lower frequencies. So alchemy, which I didn't know what alchemy was, but I was using it because that would come through me, you know, because energy cannot be created or destroyed, but it can be shifted like in a heart. This isn't to make you feel a certain way, but this has happened to you later in life Mm -hmm. as opposed to like other, my journey or other people's journeys. So because it has happened later in life to you, what were some of, I don't want to use the word challenges, but what were some of the pivotal memories that you have that you really needed to shift yourself and your mindset or shift others' mindsets around what you were now doing? So I love the way that you put that. It was a huge humongous shift because I do live in South Georgia. I live in the center of the Bible belt. And so, I mean, literally at one point, my mom was like, so you're psychic now. And I was like, well, kind of, you know, (laughs) I do, I do. (laughs) Because it was something that like, I never really thought of as a real thing. And I had one client who we had a, oh my gosh, an incredible session while she was masking and she literally, it changed so much. And she sent me these huge texts the next day about how she had been going through major depression and all woke up with hope and feel this heavy feeling was released from her chest and all these amazing things. But then she also said, and I looked it up to see if it was of the devil and yeah, <laughs> and she said, and it's not, and it talks about in the Bible, how laying of hands. And so it has been kind of funny and bold. There's a friend of mine that I grew up with who has a podcast and who has been very openly woo woo and out there. And so I have used her as an expander to be like, Meg, like how, you know, <laughs> and introducing it and bringing it and saying, you know, I do energy work and not freaking anybody out, but really offering it, you know, talking to people that it is like channeled through love that whether you call it God, universe, source, spirit, like whatever you want to call it to me, it's having that belief of the divine and something higher than yourself and really holding space for myself and for others where, you know, there is no judgment. Right. And because I have worked with people 
in the online space that say they're for the good and turns out they've maybe dabbled with some black magic or some of the dark entities. And I didn't understand it until I met these people in person. And I was like, oh, you know, and once I met these people in person, I was like, oh, no, no, like I need to shift because you know, my being, which I've learned recently, I'm definitely a Palladian starseed. Like my being totally rejects that. And it's like, no, we are here for love. We are here to awaken everybody. We are here for good, you know, and to create the interconnectedness and to show that because it was so strange to me that I was getting such a feeling. I was like, no, but they're not bad people. Like they're good people. And when I met them in person and felt the energy, I was like, okay, okay. And as I'm driving home, I remember getting these downloads that were just so eye-opening and so what I needed so that I could not necessarily let them go completely, but at least put that boundary up. Yeah. It's like lovingly step aside. Yeah. And I wish them no harm, but I'm also not going to participate. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I feel like I've always been naive, but like when I realized and learned about all that, I mean, I was scared because the dark comes with a mask disguised right and so I was just like oh my goodness and it was like okay don't be in fear be in love and be a light and you know there's that quote from Rumi that I just love because I felt like I was broken for so long I suffered with eating disorder I had alcohol addiction and through all of it like I felt broken and then came to learn I wasn't ever broken, but all of those places that I felt like I had been broken was where the light shines through. And that's why I'm such a light, which attracts and repels. And I'm, I'm totally good with that because that is protection in and of itself. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you noticed now being a mom, I just like to get that lens too, since I am not Have you noticed since you have really stepped into this spiritual being that you truly are, have you noticed a difference in either your relationships with your children or notice gifts within them now that you know, or you're more conscious of it? Definitely see the gifts within them, but I've always had really strong mother intuition. So I always know. And if my daughter needs me or there's something like that, which has been hard because I lost full custody when I was getting sober. And so it has been quite a journey because I would know things and not be able to get to them. But really, it's a blessing. And now and seeing them and seeing those, those gifts. And this is something that's really interesting because I do a lot of astral travel and I do a lot of work on the astral plane with particularly with my children because of our experiences. It's part of my meditations where I go in and really just express love and allow their souls to talk to me and say things that as children, they might not be aware of. That's really neat. Yikes. I mean, 
I don't want to dive into astral traveling right now because that's a whole different topic altogether. And I feel like we could talk a lot about that. So you'll just have to come back and we'll talk about that a different day (laughs) because my mind is like, oh, so many questions. I do want to mention though, and just point out that you do know having that mother's intuition, you are connected. And I do think that that's so important to just point out because so many people just dismiss it as like, oh, they're my kids. I just know them. And it's, it's so much more than that because you are so connected. Having had them in your womb, it's a completely different connection. It is. And, you know, we often, and I know you do this too, but we are cutting cords constantly or things like that, but there are certain cords. And if you think about the umbilical cord, like that which gets snipped. But if you think about like how hard it is to cut, like that's the kind of cord that will always be there, will always exist, that you don't want to sever because it's that nourishment, but that unconditional love, that powerful love that flows through there, that even like, I feel like, especially as we get older, like cords, yes, with your mother, there are some, you know, but there's that one of just pure love that just pennant like, goes through and it's something that transcends the other emotional or mental or even spiritual cords that can be like sent out and stuck. And if I do have children one day, I'm curious to see how that develops and what that feels like. Cause I'm sure it's just a bond, like no other. Yeah, it, it really is. And you're right. It's so different for me having awakened later in life versus earlier, because I can look back on my experiences with them and see where I did have that higher knowing experiences and then awakening to it, a more heightened awareness. And the people that I know that had mothers that, you know, did this kind of work, like I get a little jealous because I'm like, oh man, because most children have gifts and they get suppressed. And so like, what if you were encouraged, you know, had them encouraged your whole life and you weren't scared of them, you know, like what a gift that could be. Yeah. Cause mine were always accepted, but they weren't encouraged. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, I was taught how to grow them. It was always okay that I had them and I was free to speak about them, but it was never, I was never taught how to make them deeper or better or more clear. Right. Yeah. I think that's so interesting that you were like a Catholic. My mom is still a church lady. Like she's still a church lady. And, but at the same time, I'll go over there and we'll have conversations about reincarnation. I love, you know, it's just the balance and the duality of it, I guess. Yeah. And there's everything has duality. And actually my spiritual teacher, her parents taught were Kabbalists, like taught Kabbalah and all that, but they sent them to Catholic school to learn and have both experiences. And she said it was so confusing because she would come home and be like, mom, did you know they don't believe in reincarnation? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Especially for a little kid, like to get both sides, I'm sure. But all right, before we go down that path, which that can definitely go places, why don't you tell people how to keep in touch with you? Because I'm sure after this conversation, you are going to have a lot of interest. So how do people stay in touch with you? How can they work with you? 
I'm primarily on Instagram and my handle, I'll give it to you stuff, but it's elizabeth.love.healer. I have sessions if you just want to try out energy healing and packages. And then I also, the best way to work with me is either through one of my group programs or through a one-on-one mentorship where we really hold space and work weekly to create these beautiful transformations that are just amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I was honored to be in your inner circle too. So Elizabeth has a lot of amazing things going on. I'll make sure to put her links in the show notes for you guys. But Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on the show. And we're definitely having you come back to talk astral travel and who knows what else. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. So exciting.